Merry Christmas! I'm so glad you could join us today. I'm Dahlia, a youth leader and a young adults leader here at Calvary. If this is your first time joining us, we'd love to get to know you and answer any questions you might have. Simply text hello to 587-323-1199 or message us on Facebook and Instagram and we'll reply right back. Thanks for joining us today and we hope you enjoy the service. Good morning. Welcome. So good to have you folks join us this morning. Uh, in person, and uh, to, to the many who are joining us online this morning on one of our three online platforms, I just say welcome to you. And uh, I would encourage you online to engage by uh, commenting or interacting. That will just make the experience uh, just even more meaningful for everyone involved. So God bless you in that. Also want to say welcome to the children that are with us uh, this morning. And I want to say to the kids, at the end of the service, we're going to have a candy bag for you. Isn't that cool? I remember being a kid in church looking forward to the candy bag. So that's okay. You can look forward to that. Uh, I also just want to affirm the uh, Christmas Eve experience. Let me say this. I am really proud of our team. This is an amazing team. And uh, just using their talents and cutting-edge technology, they have uh, put together a production by filming it in various locations. There's all kinds of different people involved, music involved, and this is something that you will want to invite your neighbors to. So I encourage you, neighbors and friends, let's invite them to this online experience. It's gonna be a, a really good uh, production, good uh, opportunity to share hope. Now Christmas is gonna be a little bit different this year. Would, would we agree? As a matter of fact, the whole Christmas season has already been very different. By this date, by this time, many of us, myself included, would have been to a whole lot of Christmas parties, events, concerts, and so forth. I was thinking the other day, you know, I haven't been to one Christmas event so far. Not one. Not one. Certainly Christmas has been different. And it will be different. You know, last week, on a cold, snowy evening, my doorbell rang. And I said, well, like, what's that? Like, it's not as if the doorbell even rings anymore, hardly, right? <laughs> and I uh, so went to the door. And there, standing there, uh, was a man that hosts one of the Christmas parties that we go through every year. And I was just deeply touched when I saw him there. He was physically distancing, of course. And uh, he, he made a comment. Apparently, he had noticed that I had thoroughly enjoyed a healthy quantity of an amazing dish that he served at the party every year. I actually didn't realize it was that obvious. I think I'm going to have to be more discreet in the future. <laughs> anyway, it turned out to be a good thing because in his hands, he had the dish. Let me explain what it is. Some of you will get it. It is cabbage rolls, but made the German style, nothing against the Ukrainian style, but made the German style with rice, ground beef, just wrapped in, in cabbage, just oozed with tomato sauce. Like that is a culinary delight. And uh, he bought a, had a whole casserole full. So I, I thought, wow, at least this part of Christmas hasn't changed. And I was just looking forward to heating them up and having, having them. 
but my wife said they're a Christmas present, so I can't have them until Christmas, if you can believe that. She, she thinks delayed gratification is a good thing, and yes, it can be. <laughs> so, looking forward to them at Christmas time. Uh, deeply touched by that gift of generosity. But Christmas dinner is going to be different as well. You know, normally when we go out to look for a turkey, we look for like a big turkey, right? And we buy one of the biggest ones the store has. And I do anyway. I, okay, you know, look through. The, any, and, uh, and then we usually quite often do a ham as well. And uh, Christmas Day, use 20-some people normally, somewhere in there. Uh, in the 20s this year there will be no ham and you wouldn't believe the turkey that we have for this year I didn't even know turkeys could be that small it actually looks more like a prairie chicken than a turkey so yeah Christmas dinner is gonna be different it's gonna be different I've, I've been joking but I want you to know I get it I get it I, too, am deeply saddened about the events we've had to cancel, about the plane tickets that have been canceled, the people that I'm not going to see this Christmas. Uh, I feel it, too, so I just want to acknowledge that with you. I want to say I get it. And actually, I'm concerned about it. And I've spent quite a bit of time uh, last week researching the potential challenges that people are going to be navigating as we go into this Christmas season. And sadly, earlier this week, I did hear about a suicide, not from our church, but attached to some people, that, and my condolences to that family. But here's what a psychologist has written. Holidays can be stressful, and on top of that, we are dealing with a pandemic. And this psychologist said that since November, early November, they've actually been seeing clients who were dealing with guilt, conflict, confusion, and tension between family members about how even to address Christmas. Experts are saying the so-called holiday blues, you know, the depression and mental illness and the kind of things that increase at Christmas, they're saying they're going to be greatly increased this Christmas season because of the COVID-19 pandemic and also because people are already feeling a whole lot of stress and tension. Sadly, people are also cut off from their social networks, cut off from their social outlets, their support networks. Particularly vulnerable are the elderly, the isolated, and those who live alone. I have spoken to numbers of people who are really struggling with the difficult realities. Uncertainty, ambiguity, discouragement, disappointment, sadness, loss, isolation, and aloneness are all realities. I've been told by people that they are feeling like prisoners in isolation to the effects, restrictions, and consequences of the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm just feeling pastorally, folks. We need a strategy. And as I thought about that, my mind actually went to a, 
analogy, a story, a true story that I used last spring, but I felt it's so relevant here right now, and it's a prisoner of war strategy. James Stockdale was the highest ranking officer in Vietnam serving as a prisoner of war, and he made an observation. And here's what he observed. It was not the optimists who, who did well or survived, because the optimists were so optimistic they rode their emotions high, and then they rode them down real low. It became too difficult for them. What Stockdale observed, it was the realistic optimists who endured, survived, and actually even managed to lead and help others in the prison system there. What is a realistic optimist? A realistic optimist is someone who is ruthlessly honest about the challenges that they face. Honest. They have a true situational awareness of the realities, yet they remain optimistic about the future. And that's why I've chosen this title for my message this morning, It's Not a Hallmark Christmas. Can we stand together, please? And if you're online and at home, uh, wherever you are right now, I encourage you to stand with us. And uh, let's uh, pray together. If we can just open up your hands as we like to symbolically do before God. Lord God, even as we stand before you, entering into the Christmas season of uh, 2020, Lord God, we stand with open hearts and open hands. And God, yes, we see the pattern in the lament psalms where David would lament, where David would honestly express his losses, his concerns, his feelings, his emotions. He'd express them before you, God. And we do that now, Lord, even as we look at what we're losing. But at the same time, God, we're reminded in those lament psalms that David then would focus on you and his heart would be lifted up with optimism. So, Lord Jesus, I pray for everyone here and everyone watching this service online, Lord God, that their focus, their gaze would be taken off of the loss, off of the depression, off of the sadness, and their gaze would be focused on the reality of the all-powerful Jesus Christ. I pray this in your name. Now, Holy Spirit, illuminate individually, apply this message right now into each of our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. you. May be seated. It's not a Hallmark Christmas. And I want to encourage us to be ruthless in gaining a realistic understanding of the realities that we are facing in our world today. We cannot go into this Christmas season in denial, nor should we go into the next year in denial. But I also want us to see that we can have incredible hope, joy, and peace today leading to a realistic optimism. However, that realistic optimism will not come from a traditional Hallmark-type Christmas experience. And the first thing that we need to come to grips with is that a hallmark Christmas has never been reality. Folks, it's never been reality even at the best of times. The traditional hallmark image of Christmas 
It's incredibly perfect. Nearly every portal trail shows a cozy, cheerful, tastefully decorated home surrounded by pristine snow in which a happy, perfectly dressed family with perfectly behaved children gather with a large dinner with a turkey that is brown. The turkey's just perfectly browned on the outside and yet when they cut into the inside, it is moist. Cooked to picture postcard perfection. That's the portrayal. However, many studies, I'm saying many studies, I've done a lot of research, show that in fact what is described as the most wonderful time of the year is actually very busy, stressful time caused by a number of factors such as lack of money, increased credit card gift, uh, debt, shopping decisions surrounding just finding just the right gift, deadlines, busy schedules, strained family relations, and then pressures to please family and friends to have the perfect Hallmark Christmas. Adding to the stress and expectations is the social media bombardment of numerous postings of happy and smiling family and friends, all seemingly enjoying the perfect Hallmark Christmas. A psychiatrist writes, any celebration that sets up such unrealistic, magical expectations is very unfair to human beings. People are pushed to deny the reality of their lives into an almost delusional mood. The cultural holiday we call Christmas can actually become a fantasy-fueled expectation factory based on consumerism, marketing sentimentality, all the while denying reality. Folks, reality does not measure up to the artificial and sentimental vision of Christmas, which Hollywood, Hallmark, marketing campaigns, and social media portray. Real life is far too complex and messy, even at the best of times for Hallmark Christmas to exist. A Hallmark Christmas will not happen this year, and it never did exist prior to COVID-19. And we need to come to grips with that reality. And then we need to come to grips with the reality that Jesus was not born into a Hallmark Christmas world. See, the world has never been that type of world. Jesus did not enter into the world of our Hallmark nostalgic, silent night, snow-blanketed reality of Christmas. God slipped into the vulnerability of human skin and entered our turbulent, dark world as a vulnerable baby. You might say, well, what was the world like that was Jesus was born into? Well, let's take a little bit of a history lesson. First of all, it was a spiritually dark time. The Word of God had not been heard for 400 years. Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament written in the 5th century B.C., 
And people walked in spiritual darkness. There was lots of religion, but there wasn't, in, wasn't spirituality. Then politically, there was oppression, heavy taxation. Israel was under the oppressive rule of the Roman government. And then, there was a lot of division in society. Israel was divided. Division is not new to us right now. Division was happening back then. There were actually four competing sects in Judaism, which led to constant friction and division. Riots were common. Uh, tension was unceasing. And division permeated Judaism. And then there were difficult government requirements. And one of them being the census. The census was a considerable imposition. Living in Nazareth, Mary and Joseph uh, had to travel to Bethlehem, which was, is about 100 miles from Nazareth. Uh, I was struck with that when we were visiting Israel a couple years ago, about how far that journey literally is. And they didn't have highways and air-conditioned vehicle to drive in. This teenage couple was constrained by law to walk over hills and through streams to get to Bethlehem. You know, over the years, we've sanitized the Christmas story, and we made it real nice to fit into our hallmark Christmas perceptions. Far from the pristine, idyllic scenes on the Christmas cards, the first Christmas was actually messy. It's a true story, true account of a young teenaged mom who birthed her first son far from home next to noisy animals in a smelly stable. Now, in our imaginations, we imagine a quaint manger scene in a cave for animals. But we usually neglect to mention the animal manure and the accompanying smell of the animals in our mind's eye. And then... Mary, great with child, or Mary, we, we fail to imagine Mary as re, really pregnant. And we rarely imagine all the physical realities that go with childbirth. Childbirth is beautiful, but in reality it is also painful and messy. You know, sometimes how we view this first Christmas is far from the account in the Bible. And perhaps, because of this, far from the good news that it could be for all of us, because the coming of Jesus Christ is incredibly good news, but in our attempt to sanitize the good news, we distort it. And when we do this, we fail to understand the depth of what God was doing in the Incarnation. See, the Christmas story reveals a God who enters our world as it actually exists and not the world we wish it would be. However much we want to tidy up the story, God's love is too pure to enter into a world that does not exist. See, God chose to be born into our world, with all of its faults, with all of its mess. As a matter of fact, he came because of the mess that we made. And God chose to come not into a palace, but into the mess of humanity's injustice and pain. 
born into a poor family, born in a place normally reserved for animals, having his birth announced to shepherds who were actually the outcasts of the society at that time, God chooses to be right in the middle of our reality. Only we choose to keep God out of it. Today, today, right now, God will come in the midst of your realities if you invite a man. Let me suggest that it's time to release our hallmark Christmas expectation. See, a large portion of the depression associated with Christmas is due to people's hallmark expectations. Excessive, unrealistic expectations, the quickest way to disappointment and discouragement. If you expect God, your parents, your children, or anybody else or anything else to meet your expectations, you're setting yourself up for a fall. You're setting yourself up for a fall. And if you're expecting Christmas to meet your every need, you're setting yourself up. You see, it's a form of idolatry to expect Christmas to do for you what only Jesus Christ can do. Do I have an amen on that? See, Mary and Joseph, like us, had to release their expectations. Joseph had not expected this is how his marriage was going to look. Joseph had not expected that his virgin wife would be pregnant. He had an adjustment to make. Both Mary and Joseph had to release the expectation of what their wedding would look like. And then they had not expected all the difficult, unplanned detours that would take them to Bethlehem, and then to Egypt, and then finally back to Nazareth. Neither had they expected that their child would be born in a stable. They had to release their expectation and embrace the unexpected. So what does a COVID-19 Christmas look like? Different, for sure. But for a Christ follower, that different is defined less by COVID and a whole lot more by the spiritual reality that resonates deep within our hearts. We need to release our expectations of what Christmas 2020 will look like for us, and we need to embrace the unexpected that God may be bringing into our lives. Christmas is the celebration of the unexpected Jesus coming at an unexpected time in an unexpected place to pay the unexpected, unfathomable price to give us, unexpecting sinners, the undeserved gift of complete forgiveness of sin and the unimaginable, amazing gift of eternal life. Praise His name. Christmas is the celebration of the coming of Jesus. So when things don't go, the way we expect them to go this season. 
Let's rejoice. Let's rejoice in the God who rules the unexpected and the God who entered our story as Jesus Christ. Do you know him? Do you know him? The prophet Isaiah, writing 700 years before the child was born, describes four of the many names the child would be called. In Isaiah 9, 6, we read, For to us a child is born, for to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Let's take a moment and let's just focus on those names and let's just allow this video clip to minister to your hearts as you focus on Jesus Christ. What name could contain such a glory? In the cool breezes of Eden, brought from the infant earth, one arose the voice of his creator speaking his identity to life. Adam, man. And as heaven waited short with breath, the creator spoke yet another, Eve, mother of all the living. So it was with Abraham, named in the promise as the father of nations, Peter, the rock upon which the church would stand. The name called to life the destiny within. The name set the stage for all that was to come. And unto us a child was born. And what name could contain his glory? For he was mighty God, as the universe gasped into being, flinging rays of light from his presence to pierce the void, to shatter the shadows to a tapestry of color. And he is mighty God, shattering our darkness, revealing our light, our truth in him. He was everlasting father when orphaned Israel needed a father's touch. When we, with grief-stricken cheeks, need the embrace of one who never leaves. When we have lost our way to dark horizons, it is our everlasting father who lights the way home. He is Prince of Peace. When, like Elijah, we need the still small voice in the turmoil's midst. When, like David, we need the melodies of his presence to soothe our troubled minds. He is sanctuary within our trials, shepherd guiding us to still waters. And yes, he is wonderful counselor, God who gives counsel in the chaos, crafting disorder into calm and failure into beauty. He is a voice for the voiceless. He is dignity for the stateless soul. It is he who raised up a lowly shepherd to become a king. He who took the fishermen of Galilee and made them leaders of history. It is the counselor who redeems our lost years, breaking chains that have kept dreams imprisoned and joy confined. The name reaches across eternity, exclaimed by the splendors of galaxies, sung by the passions of angels, roared in heaven's fervor, exalted in creation's unfettered rejoicing. What name could contain him? What title? What soul renowned? 
But this is our wonderful counselor. This is our mighty God. This is our everlasting Father, our Prince of Peace. What name could contain Emmanuel, God with us, Yahweh, the Great I Am. What name could contain the Word of Life, the Light of the World, the King of Kings, the Lord of All. We bow to the name that holds every other in its matchless worth. What name could contain such a glory? What name but Jesus? We cry, Jesus. We cry, holy is the name. You know, each one of those names unlocks an aspect of Jesus' character. They teach us who he is and how he relates to us here today. His name is Wonderful Counselor. Literally, that means a wonder of a counselor or an astonishing or extraordinary counselor. The writers of the Old Testament used this word for acts of God which man could not understand. Are you in some situations in your life today? I think we all have them, some things that we don't understand or that we can't figure out. Are you struggling with some confusion in your life today? Receive him as the wonderful counselor, and he will lead you step by step through it. His name is Mighty God. You know, the baby that was born in the manger is not just the Son of God. He is God the Son. All the fullness of God dwells in the Lord Jesus Christ. As the ancient creeds declare, he is very God of very God. And that can never be said of any mere human baby. The word that is translated mighty is the word gabor, which means strong one, or the powerful, valiant warrior. This term mighty God is actually a military term. And that means that he is the God that will fight for you. He fights for his people. Are you weak this morning? Do you need strength in your life this morning? Look to the mighty God to fight for you. And then his name is Everlasting Father. In the Hebrew, the phrase is literally the Father of Eternity. He is before, above, and beyond time. He is the possessor of eternity. He's eternally like a father to his people. Now, this is not a statement about the Trinity, but rather it is a statement about the character of Jesus. All that a good, good father is, Jesus is to his people. Have you felt like you need the strong arms of a loving father to hold you? and to protect you today. Today, receive the embrace of the powerful arms of the everlasting Father. Then his name is the Prince of Peace. In the past, historically, his first coming was the way for man to have peace with God. Even in that nativity scene, the cross was, was in the background, even as it is in our nativity display here. He came to die on that cross for myself 
and for each of us. And in the present, we can find that peace with him when we invite him into our life, when he comes in. And then in the future, in his second coming, he will usher in the kingdom of peace. Desiring a hallmark Christmas experience is not bad. As a matter of fact, it reveals the very ache in our hearts. But hallmark doesn't point to the answer. Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the ache in our hearts. Isaiah 9, 6 reminds us, for to us, to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. Those words, to us, make it personal. The gift of Christ is a personal gift to us. God has a Christmas gift for you. It is not wrapped in fancy paper with a bow on it put under a Christmas tree, but rather it is his son in swaddling clothes in the manger. It's the gift of his son. It's for you. The gift is still there, but it must be personally received. See, a gift requires a response. Like if I put a gift under a tree for you, you may acknowledge it. You say, hey, yeah, there's a gift there. You may admire it, say, hey, that's a nice get package. You might even thank me for it, but unless you take that gift and open it up and receive it, it's really not your own. Today, today, Jesus is reaching to you today. He's saying, I love you. I love you. I came for you. Open up your heart to me. Receive me. And I want to lead us all in a prayer to invite Jesus to come and to meet us in our lives. And for those of you in the house here, I encourage you to join me for that prayer. We're going to say it together out loud. You can repeat after me. For those of you joining us online today, I encourage you to pray with me now. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you came to this earth and took upon yourself human flesh. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you also voluntarily and willingly went to the cross for me. And I thank you that you shed your blood for my sins. Today, I receive your forgiveness, and I invite you to come into my life. I invite you to come into my life and be my wonderful counselor. I invite you to come into my life and be my mighty God who fights for me. I invite you to come into my life and be my everlasting Father who holds me. And I invite you to come into my life as the Prince of Peace and bring me a peace. Bring a peace to me that passes all reasonable human understanding. Bring that supernatural peace to me now, Jesus, I pray. I surrender my life to you. I receive you as my Savior. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time today in the house or for those online, uh, coming up is a number, and I just want to, on your screens, I encourage you to take out your cell phone and text LIFE 
to 587-323-1199. A screen will come up and you'll just enter some very brief contact information and we will be able to put you, uh, send to you a booklet that's called Next, Next Steps, just to encourage you and help you in your newfound journey with Jesus Christ. So I I bless you in taking that step today. If you're in the house and you prayed that prayer for the first time today, I encourage you and come and talk to me at the end of the service. I'd, I'd just love to meet you and share that booklet with you in person. God bless you in that. Isn't Jesus good? Do you love him today? Folks, Jesus, Jesus is so much more than a Hallmark Christmas. See, a Hallmark Christmas expectation will always leave us wanting for more. But Jesus leaves us satisfied. I can honestly say that I've walked with him for many, many years, having accepted him as a young child. And he will leave us satisfied even in your present circumstances today. A Hallmark Christmas expectation will cause us to miss out on the joy right in front of us. But Jesus, Jesus enables us to experience an everlasting joy that defies all odds. Praise his name. This Christmas season, let your longings lead you to the one who was made to fill them. Let Jesus fill your longings this Christmas season. Jesus has also called us to be his hands and feet extended to a hurting world. And as I said at the beginning, our world is hurting as we go into this Christmas season. And I want to encourage you to reach out. Reach out with his love. Yes, be wise. Yes, be safe. Yes, but be creative. Let's do phone calls. Let's do Zoom calls. Let's do, use all kinds of any creative ways you can think of to reach out and care for other people. We need this right now. We need it as a city. We need it as a province. And this is a moment for us to serve the people around us. So let's share the hope of Jesus wherever we go. Let's share the good news of Jesus wherever we go because Jesus is incredibly good news. Praise his holy name. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's stand together. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or if you need any assistance, don't hesitate to contact us. You can find more information on our website. And as always, you can join us live on Sundays at 10 a.m. on Facebook, YouTube, or at the Watch Live button on our website. We'll see you next time.